0: Well, good morning. I'll tell you what, uh, I've had the privilege uh, over the past couple of weeks to serve downstairs uh, in SummerServe. Last week I was uh, down in preschool for a couple services, and I was expecting uh, as we uh, watched some of the videos and stuff for the kids just to kind of blindly follow the, the words and the motions. Let me tell you, I was blown away. These kids were singing their hearts out and knew the words, and they were excited to be able to worship. And so I want to thank you guys for teaching me a little bit more about worship uh, even today. Now, it's amazing how much things can change in such a short period of time and how quickly life can be influenced. I'm not talking about COVID, all right? Rather, I'm talking about the way things change in the world around us. Just a few weeks ago, I was down with uh, our middle school and high school uh, teams down in South Carolina. And during that time, I was talking with some of our students about how easy it is to think that what we experience every single day today is the way that things have always been. You know, specifically, it's amazing to think about how much changes in just a short period of time if you measure it by generations, like four generations, like the difference between what my son experienced and what my grandfather experienced. Right, like in 2007, in 2007, my oldest son was born. That was the first year the iPhone was released. All right, amazing. Right? I mean, for those of you guys who um, experienced life before that, all right, even just right before that, you had to carry multiple devices if you wanted to listen to music. Right? You guys might have remembered that. Okay. All right. But then, if you like go back even further, you remember, all right, like the year I was born. All right, this was the method of communication. It was a push-button dial tone, all right? It was connected to the wall, all right? And you had this thing called dial tone. Now, for those of you guys who don't know what dial tone is, if you're under, like, you know, 25, all right, it was this magical sound that would come on whenever you would pick up a phone. And picking up a phone meant going over to, all right, we won't continue down that road, all right? But that's just one generation. What if we continue to go down the rabbit hole a little bit here? The year my father was born in 1942, this was the telephone, all right? This is a rotary telephone, all right? That means you would have to pick up, you'd still have a dial tone, but you would have to, all right, God bless those people who had nines in their telephone number, because you have to go all the way around, and then you'd wait for it to go click, 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 nine, click, 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 all right? It would take for, and if you dialed the wrong number, you had to start all over again, all right, it was a different level of torture, all right? But then if you go back, all right, and, and I was talking about this with Pastor Mike, my grandfather, all right, my dad's father was born in 1898. 1898, my grandfather, all right? And that happens whenever you have uh, grandparents and, and parents who have kids in their 30s and 40s, right? All right, so what happens is, all right, this was a switchboard operator, all right? Uh, You would ring the operator. You would pick up the telephone, and you would ring the operator, all right, to to try and connect with somebody just in your city. Forget, you know, other parts of the world or other parts of the state or other parts of the country, all right? This is uh, the method of communication. And by the way, these were party lines, all right? A party line was you and your neighbors all had one line going out. So if you wanted to make a phone call and you wanted to pick up, you could listen right to your neighbor's line, all right? Um, it, it's not as exciting as it sounds. It's not a party phone like you might think, all right? And, and even the way that we have communicated, the way we've answered phones have changed, right? Like before, when I grew up, my parents taught me, all right? Maybe some of you guys that are older, like, like me, have uh, gone through this experience, the proper way to answer a telephone, all right? Hello, Stargell residence, may I ask who's calling? All right, anybody else get trained like that? I mean, there was a training, training day you had to go through. All right, now, all right, you have caller ID. You know exactly who's calling, all right? It's not Star residents, it's, hey, what's up? (laughs) All right, or even, or even your phone knows what you're doing and it will answer for you. And it'll come up with this button that says, sorry, can't talk right now. (laughs) All right, or it will tell you, hey, you're driving, all right? This person can't talk. It's amazing how much has changed about the way we listen and communicate with each other. But what's amazing about all of this, when we think about just in our lifetimes, right, we have to come to an agreement that God has been consistent in his communication as people. right? And so this morning, we're going to jump into and continue our study on Uh, Several characters, uh, we've titled this series, Incredible, as we look at the way that God has called ordinary children to have extraordinary faith. The premise of our time is to have character studies on ordinary children who were used by God because of their extraordinary faith. Specifically, these individual children or young people received specific calling. That means one-to-one direct calling with God or with Jesus, and so this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8-14 to 14 is where we're going to read uh, out loud together this morning. Now, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can find Bibles placed around the, the room uh, this morning. And as we tell our children and students downstairs, the Bible has a table of contents. All right, If you're struggling to find 1 Samuel, all right, um, that will help you. It is the ninth book of the Old Testament. Um, and as you're turning to 1 Samuel... Here's a little history about the book. It's a book about transition. Transition from what's known as a theocracy or a nation that served God and God was their leader, all right, to a monarchy that followed a king. And from God leading the nation of Israel to men leading the nation of, uh, of Israel. And so in 1 Samuel, we, pro- we primarily follow three individuals. Samuel, the last judge, Saul, the first king, and David, who we also talked about on 4th of July weekend, who was the founder of a dynasty that would endure for centuries and would encapsulate the lineage even of Jesus. And so this morning we're going to look at the calling of 1 Samuel. So I'm going to allow you guys uh, just an extra moment here to find 1 Samuel chapter 3 as I give you a little bit of history about who Samuel was. So before Samuel was born, Hannah, his mother, was barren. That means she couldn't have a baby. One day she went to the temple and she started to pray to God because she really wanted to have a baby. She told God that if she had a baby, she would give him back to God. And so there was a priest named Eli that heard her prayer and told her to go in peace. And guess what? Pretty soon she had a baby. She named him Samuel. And when that baby was a little bit older, she brought him to the temple. And there he lived to serve the Lord and the presence of Uh, of the Lord, because that's what she had promised to him. And so Samuel was a great prophet, and he was the last judge of Israel, but he started out as a boy, serving Eli, the priest, in the temple. And one night, while he was a boy, God spoke to him while he was lying in bed. And what he said, and what God said to him, is what we're going to read this morning. If you are able to stand, I'm going to ask that you would stand in honor of God's word this morning. And I know it says on the screen, 1 Samuel 3, 11. We're gonna go back to verse eight, so I apologize for that. Here's what it says. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood calling, at, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the, the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house, from beginning. Uh, to end and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering forever this is the reading of God's word you may be seated This morning, as, as we get into the study, there is one theme that I want to make sure that we walk away with, all right? This is a theme that applies to every person in here, all right? Every, every person, no matter our age, all right, we can understand that God can use anyone at any age who is willing to listen and obey. If we're willing to listen and obey, all right? And there's some, there's some things that happen at, as early as childhood, all right, and as late as on our last breaths, that we need to obey and we can listen to God. Um, as Age, though, is not a determining factor as to how God chooses to use us for his glory. He can use anyone at any age. And really the question uh, that God asks is not, is not how old you are, but are you willing to do what it takes to be used for his glory? And if we express a willingness to do what it takes, whether we are seven or seventy seven God will use us. so let's go back into this story all right and I'm going to need some help from some of my friends here in just a moment all right so you guys key in on this let's set this the the uh, the scene though in first Samuel chapter three, if we look in verse Uh, 1 and 2, we see the setting of this. It says, The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. All right, And there was no frequent vision. That means the Lord was not in the regular practice of uh, speaking to or revealing his will at that time to Eli. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so he could not see, was lying down in his own place. So, Here's the setting. Samuel's laying down, Eli's lying down in their own place in the temple. All right, now, my friends that are in here that all right, might need a little bit of, of help, if you are, uh, one in, as part of our children's ministry, I'm gonna need some help here from you to really help us drive this home. So when I say, the Lord said, Samuel, what I want you to do is I want you to audibly and verbally say, Samuel, all right, like you're calling, like God You're you're God calling Samuel. You guys, let's practice once. All right, here we go. All right, the Lord said Samuel. Uh, Whoa, you guys are great. Okay, I was not even expecting that great. All right, so, all right, awesome. I have full confidence of what we're gonna do moving forward. Now, in verse three, it says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down. Not yet. (laughs) He jumped the gun. All right, all right, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. There we go. And he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli. And he said, here I am, for you called me. Now, you can imagine what Eli would do if he was awoken in the middle of the night. He said, I did not call. I, you know, It's hard to infer some, some emotion of this, but imagine parents with me. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. <clears throat> And so he went and he laid back down. And the Lord called again to Samuel. Samuel. There we go, good. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie back down. Now, we see here in verse seven something that's very interesting. It says, And Samuel, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. You know, what we understand here is that while Samuel was in the temple learning and praying, he was learning all kinds of things about the temple. He was learning, um, you know, what needed to be done at certain situations. He was studying the Torah. That is the first five books of, of Scripture, all right? He had not had direct revelation from God, all right? Because when it says he did not know him, he had not heard him. He had not heard what the Lord had to say but then we get to verse eight and that's where we started it says and the Lord called samuel again and the third time he arose and went to eli and said all right we missed that didn't we i jumped the gun and the lord called samuel there we go and and you're a little late on that one all right and he arose and went to eli and said here i am for you called me then Eli perceived what the Lord was doing, and that the Lord was calling him, and that it wasn't Eli that was calling him, but it was, it was the Lord. And so Eli had some wisdom here, and he said, go lie back down, and if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so that's what happened. The Lord came, and he stood uh, one more time in the presence of Samuel, and he said, this one's tricky, Samuel. 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 See, he did it twice, right, really getting his attention. And here's what God told Samuel, right? God told Samuel. We read it earlier. Eli will no longer be priests, and his sons will be killed. And you're like, really, James? That's what God told this young boy, and that's the purpose of today's lesson. Yep. Yep. Samuel went and he laid back down and he was afraid to tell Eli what was going to happen. And that might seem a little anticlimactic here. But what we see here is more about how God was now using Samuel and speaking through Samuel because of Samuel's willingness. And God gave him a message, this first message, to relay to Eli. And so the following day, Samuel took his first step of faith, acting and obeying what God had told him to do. And going to Eli and told him everything. The message was bad news for Eli and his family. But Eli responded with acceptance. And through that, Samuel's credibility as a prophet spread throughout Israel. And God continued to reveal his word through Samuel now to the people of Israel. Now, God had a very important message. And Samuel's response was very simple. It was, speak, your servant is listening and that ought to be the the heart and the attitude of every christian every follower of christ now all right i need uh i at time from time to time i do a little activity thumbs up if it's true all right so the way it works if the statement i say is true you put your thumbs up it's real easy okay all right would you recognize your parents voices okay good Do you recognize God's voice? All right, there's some cute fusion here, isn't there? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about here for just a moment. To really get into this, we're gonna do a little activity, though. All right, we're gonna do an exercise activity, so I need my helpers. I have Tyler and Beth, they're gonna help me. We're gonna play a a little exercise called Say What? Okay, Um, so... All right, what's going to happen here is I need, uh, see, a volunteer from over there, a volunteer from this section, a volunteer from this section, this section, and one from over here. So if you guys can help me with that, all right, and you're just going to stand in front of your section, all right, all right, okay, you got one here, all right, we need a volunteer from this section, okay, all right very excited. From home, you can't see. He's standing on his seat, both hands up in the air. All right? I think he was excited to be here. Come on, right up here. Okay. All right. So here's what's going to happen. All right? This is going to need complete help from everyone here. Sorry at home you miss out on this. You can yell at your TV screen, but we won't hear you. All right? Here's what's going to happen. I need you guys to try and hear and distinguish one person's voice one person's voice and what they answer here in a minute, okay? You think you can do that? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have you turn around here, all right? I'm gonna say something, all right, like uh, some type of activity or or, um, color or something like that, and they're gonna give a one-word answer. I need you to tell me who it was that said uh, something and what they said, okay? Which, by the way, if you guess it correctly, not only do you get candy, but they get candy. Okay. And yes, adults can play. Okay. All right. So are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. AJ was awake. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you three seconds after I reveal the, the area here. I'm going to count to three, and then I need you guys on the count of three. So it's one, two, three, go, not you know, rock, paper, scissors, shoot, okay? All right, one, two, three, go, and then you're going to say it. You guys have to be facing away, and I need you to pick out one person's voice and what they said. You guys, re- you guys ready? Okay, here we go. The first one is a color, a color. You ready? One, two, three. Okay, so. Does anybody think they heard one person's voice and what they said? Okay. All right. What? What? Did, who was it? And what did they say? Are you just pointing fingers and trying to guess here? All right. Because Mr. Marshall's like, nah. All right. Hey, I'll tell you what. How about if we try again, but this time you can move around. You can't stand right next to somebody, but you can move around. Okay, you guys have freedom to, to move about the cabin here. Okay, so move to someplace else so that you think you can hear better. Okay, you want to go and stand by somebody, you can go do that. Or you can stand here if you feel that confident. You're feeling confident? Okay, you can, tur- you can turn around. You can turn around. okay. All right, we're gonna try it again. All right, here we go. All right, the next w- subject is an animal. You ready? One, two, three. Okay. All right, AJ, you think you have it. All right, who was it and what did they say? A zebra. A zebra and who was it? Which guy? The white guy. <laughs> the guy in the white shirt? All right. No, that wasn't him. All right, anybody else? All right, Mantra. What? All right, who was it and what did they say? I think Carter said elephant. You think Carter said elephant? Where's Carter? He's right there. Oh, that's Carson. Oh. Carson said elephant. Did you say elephant? All right, awesome. Tyler's going to go get both of you guys some candy. All right, and you can have a seat. Your section is done. All right. We still need some work over here, guys, okay, for real, all right? So you guys can move around, all right, all Right. move, all right, you got three seconds, Ready? Right? move anywhere you want to in your section, all right, hey, you can go back and you can stand up on top of a chair or something over here, if you, AJ, that's not your section, though, you're over here, okay, hey, you're gonna be, you're in this section right here, right? Okay, all right, okay, we're gonna do another one here. All right, you guys, where you want to be? Okay, great. All right, here we go. All right, I'm gonna reveal it. We're gonna to count to three, and then we're gonna go. You ready? Your favorite dessert. You ready? One, two, three. Go. All right. Okay. Who'd you hear? Um, I heard someone say cake. Okay, and who was that person? Did you say cake? Yeah. All right. Okay. And who did you hear? Uh, Your brother said cake. And is that what he said? All right. Awesome. Okay. All right. We're starting to see some type of uh, pattern here. Okay. Did either one of you guys hear somebody? All right. And what did you hear? Cake. And who was it that said cake? Cake. Sumadre, yes. Okay. All right. That is correct. All right. So you guys can get some. You get, pick pick out some candy for you and your mom. AJ, did you find one? All right. We need to do it again for AJ. All right. You ready, AJ? All right. I'm talking. Get right next to somebody here, buddy. All right. Come on, AJ. We got it. I'm gonna stand here with you. All right. Okay. Where do you want to move to? AJ's over there. Oh, that's right. You're. That's probably the problem, all right? Uh, Let's see here. You want to stand, like, right here? Look, right here, okay? Okay, all right? Now, just because he's standing here doesn't mean that you don't have to participate, okay? All right, here we go. All right, your favorite sport. You ready? One, two, three. Okay, all right. Hey, we got it! All right, you guys give him a round of applause. (laughs) All right. Now, here's what we understand. What made it difficult or easy to determine who gave an answer? Well, think about it. On one hand, we hear a lot of voices. When we're familiar enough with someone's voice, we can often tell that one voice apart from someone else's. On the other hand, when there's a lot of distractions... All right, it can be difficult to differentiate between voices. And so this activity is not you know, unlike what we struggle with each and every day. All right, we have a lot of voices that are demanding our attention. And we may say that we desire to know God's voice, but how well do we actually know it? See, a willingness to listen requires a quiet heart and an attentive spirit. We need to find places in our life each day to wait on God to speak to us. Now, we probably won't hear a a deep, baritone voice giving detailed commands, but you will experience God shaping your thoughts and your mind to become more like Christ. The psalmist said it this way, Be still and know that I am God, and God will start to reveal his heart to you right? That's part of the purpose of Scripture reading. It's part of the purpose of prayer, right? The purpose of Scripture reading is to align my heart with God's thinking. God revealed Himself, all right, specifically, all right? He's revealed His thoughts to us. He wants us to know His mind. He wants us to know how we should think. And the purpose of prayer is not for us to change God's mind, but for God to change our hearts. It's about worship, all right, and really, it's an agreement about who God is and about who we are, all right? We agree with God about how good he is and about how much we need him. And so when we commit to finding that quiet space or getting in proximity, all right, as we experienced here a moment ago with God, we'll find that hearing God on a daily basis We can do that if we would only listen. Now would it surprise you if I could tell when I spend time versus when I don't? And I can often tell that with others as well. Let me explain, I have a patch of dirt right next to my driveway. Some of you parents might have uh, this experience as well. This patch of dirt speaks to me about what happens when I'm not watching the grass. No, it's not verbal, but it shows sign of wear. At my house, this patch of dirt sits directly across from a basketball hoop. And when my kids play on that basketball hoop, what happens? The the grass disappears and the dirt's there left. Right? But when the grass starts to grow back, what does that tell me about what my kids are doing? They're not playing. Right? They're not there. We see that, all right? We see that on a soccer field, right? Why is there a patch of grass right in front of the goalie, the, the goalie box, or the, the goal, <laughs> right? Because that's where the goalie stands, right? He's moving around, or she is moving around, being there, ready to play, all right? And at times in our life, it is evident that we walk according to the world or the devil and our flesh. But if, on the other hand, we're being filled or controlled with his spirit, Right, and he bears fruit in us, all right, our desires, our thoughts, our behaviors with what he prescribes, then we're gonna be walking with him, and we're gonna hear him. So not only did, did Samuel listen carefully for God's voice, but he also aligned his heart with God. All right, Now, I need some help again from uh, my young friends. We're gonna look at three verses here all right, that, t- that talks about how Samuel grew in the Lord. So all right, what I'm gonna need is... Alright, as I say Samuel grew in the Lord, all right, we're gonna load up here and, and I'm gonna have you guys stand up when I say Samuel grew in the Lord. Are you guys with me? Let's practice. All right, so and this could be anybody's age if you guys need to get up and stretch. All right. All right, so you can kind of get down, kind of crouch down right there in front of you. All right, lean over. All right, and Samuel grew in the Lord, all right, and we can kind of stand up. Okay? All right. So the first instance happens in 1 Samuel 221. And in, in these verses, we see Samuel first coming to the temple. And what happened was his mom would come and bring him stuff, and Samuel started to grow. All right, so let's read the verse together. It says, and Samuel and the boy, Samuel grew. In the presence of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? He grew in the presence of the Lord. It means that he became strong in God's care. All right, that means that he became physically able to to do the tasks that were assigned to him inside the temple, all right? He became strong, trusting in God, and his faith became very strong as well. Now, let's look at the next one. Just a few verses later, Right. this is after there's a comparison of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, all right? All right, that uh, were apart from God. And then Samuel. All right? And here's what it says, all right? Now the boy Samuel, all right, let's load up here. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow, all right? both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with men. Here's what that means. It means All right, his stature, he got taller. All right, we get that. All right, that happens. All right, you feed kids, they get taller. Trust me, in my house, my oldest is taller than me now. All right, but he also grew in favor with the Lord and with men. That means he was heavily trusted. That means he was morally good. He was somebody that was sought out and people believed and trusted in him. And God did too. All right, last one. All right, this happens at the end of 1 Samuel, in the passage that we're studying today. All right, so let's load up here. And it says this. And Samuel grew. There we go. We can stretch our legs one more time. And the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Remember, Samuel was now the person that God was speaking through to the nation of Israel. And so in this instance, we see that the Lord was with him. All right? He became strong together with the Lord. And from this point forward, through the rest of the book of 1 Samuel, we see that the Lord was with Samuel every day. And that the Lord spoke through Samuel. And it was the Lord who was driving everything that Samuel did. So we see that Samuel became God's voice for God's people because he did what God desired and he obeyed what God thought. Samuel throughout his life called on the nation of Israel to turn away from other idols and to turn to the Lord and obey him only. And in his old age, the leaders of the nation of Israel came to Samuel and asked for a king instead of a judge. And here's what they said. It says in 1 Samuel 8:5, it says, Behold, you're old and your sons. This is Samuel's sons. Do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us Like all the nations, and so we see an end to Samuel being a judge by the changing of a pattern of relationship between God and His people. What was the pattern? Well, I went through this a couple years ago. I'll remind you guys again about this. It looks like this: people worship, but then the people would sin and they would rebel against God, and then God would bring a judge to show their people how uh, how their sin was separating. Right and um, and God would deliver their, them to their enemies, but then that judge would come and people would repent and they would restore their relationships to God. Now, it's a little bit more exciting when we physically act this out. So I'm going to need uh, two volunteers here. We have Tyler, I think, was going to help me pick out these two, and then I need my friend Seth up here. All right. So you guys, uh, Tyler's going to pick. Out oh, some people, there we go, good. All right, so Seth, go ahead and come up here, all right? So we're gonna put this up here. Seth is gonna represent God here, okay? You're gonna stand right here, all right? Okay, all right, we got two people. Wonderful, okay, here we go. Come stand up here, all right? I'm gonna put you, this on you, All right. And then lastly, Carson, awesome. So, Carson, you're going to stand right here. Oh, your string broke, so you're going to have to hold that. Okay. Now, here's what this looks like, all right? The nation of Israel, I'm going to put you over here for a second. The nation of Israel, that's me, all right, is in good relationship with God. But inevitably, what happens is the nation of Israel does something to make God Angry and upset, all right? And so what happens is we're no longer okay. Seth has been in student ministry for a long time. He knew it was coming. I told him about it five minutes before the service. The nation of Israel does something, and then what happens is they go about their way, all right? But this judge, all right, God says, all right, send a judge, all right, to come and bring people back to God. So can you bring me back to God? All right, I'm going... No, like literally take me over there. There we go. Awesome. And it said, you know, the judge will tell me, all right, I need to confess my sins. You're going to have to hold your sign. All right? And so then when I repent of my sins, when I come back to God, all right, then we're okay. But then you know what happens next. All right? I do something to get... To, to separate here, I sin. I've created separation because in God's presence, there can be no unrighteousness, all right? There cannot be sin, all right? And so I'll come back about my way, and what happens? The judge come, God sends a judge, and the judge brings me back to God, right? So, all right, you know how many times this happens? All right, over, oh, Sometimes it's worse than others. (laughs) All right, no, hold on. Okay? Now, what's the problem here? All right? Is in 1 Samuel chapter 8, what happens is the last time the people say, we don't want to judge anymore. We want a king. All right? The king is somebody who was not appointed by God every time because a king, it would be their sons that would become king, right? That's the way the kings usually work, all right? But what do we understand? Eli's sons did not follow after God. Samuel's sons did not follow after God. And so when the king would try to come and do this, he would try to to do what he thought would lead me back to God, but it might be coming this way. So lead me back this way. You're gonna try and take me to God, but in your own way, all right? Okay, and it might... Eventually, maybe we'd make it. Maybe we wouldn't. Okay? Do you get my point? You see what happens here. All right? And eventually, I might make my way back to God. All right? But that would be God's doing, not the king's. Now, we see an example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 15 when Saul, the first king of Israel, disobeys God's direct commands about offering and sacrifice. All right, here's what it says, 1 Samuel chapter 15. And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on mission on which the Lord has sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the soil uh, spoil, sheep and oxen, and the best of things devoted to destruction, the sacrifice to the Lord, your God, and Gilgal. All right, sounds great, right? except it was direct disobedience because God had told them to wipe everything out. All right, we're gonna play again, thumbs up. All right, thumbs up if it's true. How many of you guys have ever disobeyed your parents? Adults can play at this too. Okay, all right, thumbs up if your parents were happy or if you disobeyed. No, probably not. Okay, it's not thumbs down if you disagree or if you agree. It's thumbs up if it's true, all right? Now, here's the tricky one. All right, imagine for a second. Do you think your parents would be okay if you disobeyed them, but you brought them a present? All right, parents choose wisely. Okay, probably not. Probably not. All right, but imagine this is what Saul did. This is what Saul did. In verse 22, in 1 Samuel 15, it says, And Samuel told Saul, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as he does in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. But because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. See, Saul tried to figure out on his own way how to be right with God, but he wasn't listening to or obeying God. And this is the way it is in the world today, too. You know, we may not have judges or kings like what we see in 1 Samuel, all right? But we do have God, and we do have us, all right? And instead of a judge, we have the Holy Spirit who helps us and to remind us of the things that we have done that keep us from God. And when we sin against God, guess what he does, all right? When I'm in close relationship with God, we're good, all right? But inevitably... I mess up and I do things that displease God. And the Holy Spirit brings us to a point where he convicts us of our sin. He helps us to understand how we should live, right? But many times what we do, all right, if we are followers of Christ even, all right, we choose not to listen to the Holy Spirit, but who do we listen to? We listen to the world, We listen to our flesh. And in the same way, all right, it's really easy to fall into this trap of thinking. We know what it means to please God. So rather than thinking and listening to the Holy Spirit and reading God's word, sometimes we think simply coming to church will bring us closer to God. Or giving money to the church will bring us closer to God. Or serving a day in Allison Hill will bring us closer to God. Or, or teaching a day in summer serve will bring us closer to God. The truth is, we don't do these things because they bring us closer to God. Rather, we do those things because our hearts are turned towards God. All right, God wants our ears and our hearts more than he wants our hands. This doesn't mean that he doesn't want our ears and our hearts, all right? Or, I'm sorry, that doesn't mean that he doesn't want our hands, but rather, He wants our hands that are driven by our hearts. He wants hearts that are turned towards him. Obedience. Doing it the first time. You guys can go have a seat and just put those down there, please. When it comes down to it, obedience is something that's hard. All right, there's, a, there's a quote that I've, I've, I keep coming back to in my life right now. It's a quote by a guy uh, from, that was the founder of a ministry called Life Action Ministries. And it says this, partial obedience, delayed obedience, and surface obedience to impress others are not acceptable to God. He is looking for men and women who will respond with instant, complete, wholehearted and joyous obedience each time he speaks. See, we know if we're in proximity with God, we can hear his voice. We know when we're away from God because it becomes evident in our life. And what is he calling us to? He's calling us to repentance. God used Samuel to bring the nation of Israel back. And God can use anyone at any age, who's willing to listen and obey. Can you imagine if God came to you at night and gave you a special message and told you that he was going to give you an important job to do? Well, did you know that God has actually done that if you call yourself a follower of Christ? When Jesus died and he rose again, he made it possible for all of us to be God's children. The Bible says that everyone who believes in God who has a personal relationship with him, is part of God's royal priesthood. That means that just like Samuel, you are given a special task of serving God in everything that you do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to be challenged by your word this morning. I thank you for the life of Samuel. I thank you for the examples that were set for us in your word. God, helping us to know how we should think. Helping us to to understand and process the way that, you know, in our lives, we do the same things that separate us from you. But in in your love, because of who you are, you chose to send your son to take my place, to take my suffering so I can have a relationship with you. God, teach me what that means to be in closeness so I can hear your voice. So when you speak, I can hear. Help me to obey. So when you say something, you tell me to do something, you you show me in your word that I should do something, that I don't question it, but I just obey. God, I pray that that would be clear in each of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.